Welcome to Sinister Sisters, a true crime podcast about everything sinister, creepy, weird, haunted, or just things that we think will trigger you because that's kind of what I'm into. I'm Amanda. And I'm Shay. And today we're going to talk about a case that is kind of creepy. But and first. I thought it would be really enjoyable. But before we do that, I've got some like celebrity gossip that we have to talk about. So just recently on Vanderpump Rules, there's been a little drama going on, but now filming I think has ended, but all of this stuff just came out on like TMZ and it's insane. So Tom Sandoval has been dating Ariana for like since like 2013, like since her first season working at Vanderpump or at uh, Sir. So... They've been together and like really strong, like it seemed like, right? And then his best friend, Tom Schwartz, was Tom and Tom. Oh, right. That's where it gets confusing. They're Tom and Tom. Yeah. It came out that Tom cheated on Ariana and she left him, which was like really good. And everyone's like, team Ariana. So we find out that he cheated on her with their friend, Raquel, who was uh, dating James Kennedy. They were engaged and then they broke up. And so there was a rumor going on that Raquel had hooked up or made out with Tom Schwartz, so Tom's best friend, at Coachella. Okay. And there was this huge rumor, and then it turns out it wasn't, it didn't happen, because Tom Schwartz was not at Coachella. Oh. So circle back around, guess which Tom was at Coachella? Sandoval. He was in a relationship. And so they're saying that... Tom Schwartz went along with this narrative that it could have possibly been him that made out with Raquel. <gasps> right? And he had just broken up with his wife. So she was also really upset about it. So it was this huge thing. So it turns out they have been having an affair. They had matching necklaces, like lightning bolt necklaces. And it was like their way of being like, I love you without having to say it. And he continued this relationship with Ariana while he was dating her friend, Raquel. Gross. You stupid bitch. And I'm so mad about it because I felt bad for him. So pissed. People are going insane about it. I'm going insane about it. It really pisses me off. So he did this big like apology thing and he's like, please don't take it out on my restaurant because it's other people's livelihood and all this stuff. You know what? Yeah. Take it out on So her friends are coming out now and like, you know, doing an anonymous things and saying how long it's been going on for. Anyways, don't cheat on your people. Just break up. Can Can you just not cheat? Can we just stop cheating? There is nothing that irks me more than a cheater. And they always cheat down, too. I'm saying it. Ariana is better than Raquel in absolutely every single way. <laughs> I do not care. He cheated way down. Yeah, you way down, down. Way down in, like, the gutter. And, like, I was hoping that somebody was going to be like, didn't happen, like, deny it. No. It's just straight up out there. I have not heard... <laughs> that's not me farting. That's the cat adjusting. <laughs> yeah, let's just say... I haven't heard what... Raquel has had to say about it yet, but I'm sure that'll come out today because it's come everybody's saying She's going to have to make yeah. an announcement, right? Anyways, we'll see how it goes. Just pissed. Yeah. And I'm emotionally invested in their lives. So actually, Bravo apparently said that they're going to try filming right now. So they're going to like refilm oh. and they're going to try to add it to the end of this season because it's like the season is playing right now, but it's already been filmed. So. Yeah, this is good. It is good. good. Uh... And then Andy Cohen said something like, how many parts is too many parts for the reunion and all this no stuff? Kidding. And you then won't get enough. Lisa Vanderpump said, uh, 
I can only handle one or something. And he's like, you still have time to get a pacemaker <laughs> before the reunion. Oh. He's like, because it's going to be brutal. And about to have jammer. It's a sad time. Okay, I'm diving right in. Okay. Ready? So now that that's out of the way. Now the because the I had celebrity to get that gossip off. is done. I had to get that off my chest. It was like crazy. I've been telling Kelly about it, but he's just not <laughs> as interested. Although he does watch Vanderpump Rules with me, so he at least kind of knows what's I'm going on. I'm sure he's going to love that. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> okay, so Dorothy Jane Scott. Who's that? Uh, she was born April 23rd, 1948, to Jacob and Vera Scott. In 1976, she had a son, Sean. And the father wasn't in the picture. He lived like 2,000 miles away in Missouri. Dorothy and Sean lived with her aunt, 20 minutes from Stanton aunt. <laughs> with her aunt. Aunt. With her aunt. Auntie. It's about a German novel. Her, her auntie, 20 minutes from Stanton, California. Her parents lived really close to where she worked. Uh, so she worked at the Swingers Psych Shop and the Custom John's Head Shop. So I think they were like connected somehow. And I thought these things were really cool. I don't know what Custom John's head shop was, but Swinger's psych shop was like crystals, incense, lava lamps, like things, <laughs> lava, <laughs> lava, <laughs> lava, <laughs> lava lamps, lava lamps. <laughs> yeah, this is how it's going today. Yeah, so oh it was just one God. of those places. She worked there and she really liked her job, but she had other people that she worked with. So she would like drop Sean off with her parents when she would go to work. Because that was just really convenient. She was right there. They describe her as shy, self-reliant, dependable, and organized. She wasn't a drinker. She didn't do drugs. She just basically spent time with her son and went to church. So she was just like a really good girl. On May, ni- May 28, 1980, she vanishes. 1980. 1980. Okay. So this is what happens. Dorothy drops Sean off at her parents' house. and She goes to work. They had a staff meeting that night at 9 p.m. So she was like, I'm going to be late to pick up Sean. I don't know when I'm going to be home, but it will be late. During the meeting, her co-worker Conrad Boston began to feel sickly. And he was like getting worse and worse as it was going. He had a red swollen arm and they decided he needed to go to a hospital. So Pam Head and Dorothy left the meeting to take Conrad for medical attention. She stopped at home by her parents' place or by her parents' place to check in and explain that she might be very late because she had to go to the hospital. She was driving. She changed her scarf from the black one she was wearing at the meeting to a red one. The three hopped in her vehicle and they went together to the medical the Irvine Medical Center. The girls waited as Conrad was treated for a black widow bite. Oh. So it was like really bad. So Conrad got his prescription around 11 p.m. Him and Pam went to go have it filled and Dorothy went out to the car to get the car. She was going to bring it around. Dorothy went to the washroom and then went to get the car. This is the last time anyone ever sees Dorothy again. Mm. Pam and Conrad, Conrad waited at the hospital entrance for Dorothy. And about 20 minutes later, they see her white 1973 Toyota station wagon driving towards them. But it sped past them like really fast. And it went so fast and like the lights were blinding because it was dark. So they couldn't see who was driving and she didn't stop. Just kept going. Mm. And they thought it was kind of weird. So they like, they waited around. They're like, well, she's going to come back. Something happened. She went to go get gas or something. Like, So they waited for like hours at the hospital thinking she was going to come back. At 4.30 a.m., Dorothy's car was discovered about 10 miles away and was parked in an alley and set fire. Oh. Um, yeah. Something says. Bish. Something is afoot. 
So there was some weird phone calls going on in Dorothy's life. For several months before her disappearance, she began getting disturbing phone calls from an unknown man, but she said he had a familiar sounding voice, but she couldn't put her finger on like where she knew the voice from, but she'd known, she knew she had heard it before. Uh, the voice would say he loves her and he wants to be with her. And other times he would say he wants to kill her. He was obviously she obsessed and was stalking her because he would describe details about where she went that day, what she was wearing, her daily routine, what uh, the things F that she was she, doing. Did she not report this to police? I, apparently, I don't see anywhere that she reported it. Hello? Okay, if someone started calling me and saying these types of things, yeah, I'd be calling the policeman. Totally. Okay. So her way of handling it. Oh, so one call, he actually said that he wanted to chop her up into pieces <gasps> so that no one would ever find her. This freaked her the fuck out. So she was like, that's it. I need like self-defense courses. She joined a, like a karate self-defense class and she was talking about getting a gun. But that was like, didn't work out. Right. I think she went like a week before she disappeared. So she started doing like karate and that kind of thing. Also, you know what's not going to help you? Karate. Yeah. Karate. Karate. Not going to help you. Get a gun. Get At that point, get a gun. Well, yeah. Especially because you have a kid. I don't know. Get a gun. That was yeah. my plan. I mean, yeah, if you can... If Not that we can, can carry handguns here. If you can have a gun where you live, get a gun. Get a gun. But also, like, practice that. Practice how to shoot it and, like, practice how to... Get really like, good at it. I just don't think... I think that self-defense courses are great. I've never taken one. But... We probably all should. Also, like, I'm not trying to blame the victim here, but if no, somebody no, no, no. is talking about chopping you up into pieces and killing you and stuff in a creepy phone call, don't go anywhere alone. Like, 100%. don't walk into a creepy old parking lot. Like, obviously, somebody was waiting for her out there. Yeah. They probably followed her there. They knew she was there. Who knows? Like, if he's already been stalking her. So, a week after her disappearance, she still hasn't been found. Her family's freaking out. Her friends are freaking out. Everyone at work is like, what's going on? A man called her house, like her parents' house. Okay, if you hear a crying cat in the background, it's just Kelvin. He likes to talk, okay? We'll cut a little bit out, and then we'll just uh, laugh about it later. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Next time, we'll do it in the bedroom with the door closed. No, but that won't help. He'll scratch at the door. True. He, he is an orange cat. I don't know if anyone listening to this has an orange cat, but they just have their own rules in life. They make the rules. First I think of we all. just uh, continue and ignore the crying. Okay. Because nothing we can do about it. The crying is Kelvin. Sorry. <laughs> so, a week after her disappearance, a man calls her parents and says, yeah. Are you related to Dorothy Scott? And Vera, her mom, says yes. And the man says, I've got her and hangs up. The call was the first and only clue in her disappearance because, like, they had no idea what was going on. Finally, her father, Jacob, went to the Orange County Register about his daughter because no one was doing anything and the police had no leads. So he was like, I'm going to just go and tell the media and hopefully they can figure something out. Shortly after they ran the article, an unknown caller called one of the editors and said, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. He also noted the red scarf that she was wearing that night. He said that she was wearing a red scarf and that hadn't been released to anyone. Okay. And I was wondering why it mattered. 
what color her scarf was yeah, earlier. Totally. And I'm like, eh, it must be relevant. So, like, months just turned into years. And nearly every Wednesday for four years, this man called her house, talked to Vera, her mother, and was saying, like, all kinds of, like, creepy things. The police taped the calls but could never trace them. So yeah. they just were pretending to do their job? Yeah. Well, like, and they couldn't trace them because they never were long enough. It was like, they were just, he was, like, taunting her. Okay. And it was always when Vera was home alone that like oh. he would wait and not do it when her dad was home. One time he phoned a little bit later and the dad was home and answered, and then he hung up, and he didn't call back for quite a while after that. Oh, okay. Sounds impotent to me. So August 6th, 1984, human and dog remains are found in a remote construction site approximately 10 meters from the Santa Ana, Santa Ana Canyon Road. They don't really say anything about the dog remains. They just her remains and then dog remains. They identified with dental records that it was her about a week later. I'm not really sure about these dog remains. Like, was the dog there at the same time? Did he have something to do with the murder? Did... You know what I mean? He'd just end up there later. Did somebody, like, who knows? It's super weird. It's super weird. Was and like her dog? They don't say anything. She didn't have a dog. Okay. So it wasn't her dog. Some people have speculated that it could be the killer's dog. Ah! But, like, maybe got in the way or who knows? Something but like that. But were they, like, the same level of decompo- decomposition? See, they were just, like, it was so long that it was just bones, oh, basically. Okay. And here. so we don't know the age of the bones or anything like that. So they never really... The case went cold, like super cold. Like they had nothing. It went frozen. And like they, they looked at her, uh, the baby daddy, but like it was just never really worked out. He was like super far. There was no like issues there. And that was kind of like the only person they really looked at. Uh, there were never any true suspects, but there mm. are some theories. Okay. Oh, right. I theories. forgot. There's no, you're doing an unsolved case. It is unsolved. It's unsolved. I know. I'm sorry. I hate unsolved mysteries, unsolved cases. I know. It is so. That maybe. See, Calvin does too. He hates it. That maybe why I did this. Because I'm just like. Oh, it just bugs me so much. Okay, give me the theories. This is why, like, I'll show you where I'm, when I'm wearing like unmatched socks, and oh I give God. you unsolved cases. You know. I'm I really you. hate unmatched socks. <laughs> is it good? You know what? I can't even handle. You know when you get like. I get the same kinds of socks all the time, okay? Puma socks from Costco. Because they're the cheapest and they're the most comfortable. So does Lance. I have to match up the socks if they're, like, worn looking. You know, because socks get, like, more stained as, you know, because you can't get them unstained. They just get darker, you know what I mean? They have to be matched. I can't match a new sock with an old sock. OCD Even if they're is the a same color. real problem in this household, isn't it? Whatever. Don't, don't pretend like you don't have your own OCD things. I feel like I'm OCD about annoying you for your OCD. Oh my God. Like, no, like, I'm going to think of one. Basically, you for like, sure do. I have some OCD things. Please don't cough in my face while we're sleeping. Please. Uh, <laughs> that's not OCD. That's just like. Don't like put your sticky fingers on the yes. fridge door handle. Yeah, things like that. You're really going for it. I'm really going Poor for Kelly it Kelly right now. Those are all Kelly things. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Kelly thing. So yeah, there's some theories. Um, there was a few people that thought that maybe Conrad and, you know, the two people that went to the hospital with her could have had something to do with it. They, they explored that kind of like heavily in some podcasts that I listened to about it. 
but like I didn't see the connection and my personal feeling that there wasn't any connection there. But I guess when there's like no answers, like you kind of grasp or whatever. Uh, the other one was Sean Scott, so her son, reached out to the crime blogger 1983 people after they did a deep dive into this case and possible theories. And they really kind of looked heavily like that maybe it could be her two friends that she went to the hospital with. But I didn't see any connections there. They're seeing connections. Maybe they, you know, but I, my personally, I didn't see anything. But Sean contacted them. Sean became aware of a person of interest through some of his mother's friends in Missouri. And his name was Mike Butler. He was described as an unstable individual that lived in the Santiago Mountains and was involved in cult activity. Oh, that's what they said. So... Some, some people said, like, maybe that's where the dog came from. Maybe it was, like, a ritualistic oh. sacrifice or something. But honestly, like, the cops never found any connection. They did say, somebody did say that he was obsessed with Dorothy. Uh, his sister worked with Dorothy at the psych shop. But there's no real evidence. And he passed away in 2014. So that was the only, like, kind of possible thing and then um after this whole thing came out and people started talking about mike butler as a possible suspect his friends and family like and people that knew him really came to his defense and being like you know he was just like a really nice guy like he was a bit weird like he didn't you know keep his beard nice or whatever but like he was just like a good dude apparently he was just a bit weird does anybody keep their beard nice? also there's no like um there's no actual evidence that he was into the occult stuff. Oh, okay. Like, maybe he just, like, you know, wearing, like, Metallica t-shirts. Who knows? Like, back in the day, people were, like, so crazy about say t- Satanists. They're like, if you wear black, you're calling on Satan. And, and you're listening to Metallica. And killing dogs and putting them in graves. Like, yeah, who knows? So, honestly, it, it seemed kind of shitty to me, but who knows, right? I guess I'm in a cult because I listen to Metallica. Yeah, I'm in a cult as well. I also Metallica. own a Metallica t-shirt. And, and I worship coffee, so it's a thing. So yeah, that was it. There was really no answers here. There was no like DNA recovered, so it's not like there's anything that they can test now. So chances are this one will stay cold and gone I have a theory. Forever. Ooh, I love that. Well, I actually don't have a theory, okay. but I have an accusation. Okay, let's accuse some people. Yeah, that. no, I think that the police dropped the ball here. I think so, too. I don't think they even tried. Like, it honestly doesn't even sound like they cared. Yeah. It's true. Like, and it shows. Because, like, what, you've got absolutely no DNA from her bones. you got just nothing. Yeah, and if somebody were said that... Were her bones dry? Well, especially if, like... <laughs> you know, If people were suggesting that this Mike Butler guy could be a suspect, and they're, they're obviously calling the police and saying, this, we think this guy might be him... There should be way more information about him. Like, totally. the investigation. Like, they should have had him in for, like, multiple interviews. Interrogate him for 10 What about, hours. like, I want to know, the, did they do lie detector tests? Like, what kind of information, like, did they try it all? Right. What were their techniques? Also, if, like, this guy continues to call, like, he actually continued to call after they found the body, too. Like, he would call periodically, like, all the way up. So... If this is continuing to happen, like, obviously it's still fresh in his mind. Like, totally. can you not, you know, detain him on a Wednesday when he normally calls and see if he calls? Like, you know, like. And when did the call stop? Yeah, they, they didn't say when they stopped. They just said that they continued on. Like, I wonder if they stopped when that butler guy died. 
It's possible. Yeah. Because then there would be your answer, right? Because would he really ever fully stop? It's super weird. Also, like, if you're that obsessed with one person, like, do you, I don't know much about, like, stalking and obsession, but, like, wouldn't he, like, once she was, like, dead, like, find somebody else to obsess about? Like, is that, like, a thing? Like, there couldn't have been something that amazing about her that, like, she was the only person you'd be obsessed and stalking. No, they always get a new one. Haven't you seen you? I've seen you, and I, I agree. You on Netflix, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, I have more questions than answers for you. And I hope this one keeps you up at night. You're welcome. (laughs) I know, right? There's no... My theory is that the police did not do a good enough job in their investigation. That's normally my theory. Where did this happen again? It was in Missouri or something. Utah? I don't know where... No, I don't think so. (laughs) Is that Utah? I think it's in California. I don't know. (laughs) Wait. Stanton, California. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Apparently, well, just from what listening to other, like, true crime podcasts, it sounds like California does a shit job. Yes. Right? Totally. That's a Is LA in California? Yeah. Yeah. The LAPD apparently are, like, the worst of the worst. Especially, like, in the 80s and 90s, like, when things, in 70s, 80s, 90s, like, the LAPD was, like, corrupt. They were useless. They didn't try. I'm here yeah. calling you out. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, did all the people who got fired from the LAPD for being useless just come here then? Because I swear to God, where we live, I'm not saying the city name because you don't get to know where we live, but in British Columbia, Canada, they are known. There's definitely corruption. Oh, yeah. Right? It's and. There's no solving of any kind of case. No, nothing gets solved unless somebody else accidentally stumbles upon things. Totally. Cool story, bro. Cool story. <laughs> Anyways, that's all we have for you this week. So if you know anything about this case or if you have any of your own theories, please let us know. Because we definitely want to know your theories. Like sometimes my brain doesn't make connections where other people make connections. So I'd love to see how that goes. By so. the information that we provided you. Yeah. Keep us posted. And if you want to look into it more, there's lots of like deep dives in this case. I just talked about the parts that I thought were interesting and I left all the other stuff out because the, all I care about. Yeah. Is the important stuff. Is the importance of whatever's important to me. What's it called? The nuts and bolts. The nuts and bolts. The, I That's don't know totally what it's called. Is it? Is it called the nuts and bolts? I don't know. This could be a Shailenism. We are going to look into the nuts and bolts and then keep you posted on the next one. So also, earlier I said drives a bone. Is that the same? The saying? I think it is drives okay, a bone. Okay, so yeah. I got it. Not straight Whew. as a bone like you normally say, but yeah, I normally say straight as a bone. It's a Shailenism. Also, pitch dark. Pitch dark. Right. I think that's the thing. Pitch no, quiet. No. You always say pitch quiet. Oh right. <laughs> it's pitch quiet. It. It was a dark and stormy day. Everything was pitch quiet. <laughs> okay. I will stop. So bad. Okay. Uh, okay, stop we're now. done today. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye now. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.